0: Judges, chapter 6, verse 1. And the children of Israel did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. Deborah is obviously dead, and as soon as she's dead, they plunge straight into sin again. Now the Lord is going to punish them with the Midianites. 2. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel, and because of Midian the children of Israel made them the dens which are in the mountains, and the caves and the strongholds. Midian was harassing Israel so badly that they were hiding in caves, and that's when they made caves to hide in. And we'll hear more about these caves later in the Bible, when King David uses them, and when King Saul uses them. 3. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east, they came up against them. That means when they planted their crops. 4. And they encamped against them and destroyed the produce of the earth till thou come unto Gaza, and left no sustenance in Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor ass. After the crops were planted, they came and destroyed all of the crops, and they stole the cattle all the way up to Gaza, which is really far north in Israel. They're trying to starve the people. 5. For they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came in as locusts for multitude. Both they and their camels were without number, and they came into the land to destroy it. Their way of destroying Israel's crops was to bring their cattle in to eat all of the baby plants, just like locusts. 6. And Israel was brought very low because of Midian, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. Now the cycle is repeating. They're crying out for help because the Lord has disciplined them. 7. And it came to pass, when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of Midian, 8. That the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, and he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt, and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. This is an unnamed prophet speaking. 9. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of all that oppressed you, and drove them out from before you, and gave you their land. God did so much for them. All he asked was that they obey him. 10. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Ye shall not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but ye have not hearkened unto my voice. 10. And the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth, which was in Ophrah, that belonged unto Joash the Abia's right, and his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. You would normally beat out wheat in a grain area, but he was doing it in a wine press so that the Midianites wouldn't know that he even had grain. Now, his father was practicing paganism, like a lot of the Israelites were, and they lived under a terebinth tree. A terebinth tree is of a lot of value because it could produce pistachios or turpentine or other products. 12, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. The Lord has given Gideon a gift for fighting. Gideon may or may not know it, but now the angel is actually telling him, that's your gift. You're a mighty man of valor. 13. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? He's telling the Lord through speaking to the angel, well, if the Lord's with us, then why are we suffering? But he should know the answer to that question. They've been suffering because of their sin. And where are all his wondrous works, which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath cast us off, and delivered us into the hand of Midian. 14. And the Lord turned towards him, and said, This is the angel speaking again, Go in this thy might, and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Have not I sent thee? God is telling him, I just came to tell you I'm sending you to fight. 15. And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is the poorest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Manasseh is one of the greater tribes. He's trying to say he's the poorest in Manasseh, but he's the poorest of one of the greatest tribes. It's a little bit of a contradiction, but he is saying he's the least in his father's house. But if he knew the history of Israel, he would understand that God always chooses the weakest and the least. He always chooses the second born son or the last born son and somebody who's weak. Moses had a speech impediment, and he was the youngest child in his family, and the second-born son in his family, and he got chosen. And Joseph was the 11th-born son in his family, and on and on. 16. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. The Lord says, I have given you such a gift that you're going to be able to win battles all by yourself. You won't need an army. 17. And he said unto him, If now I have found favor in thy sight, then show me a sign that it is thou that talkest with me. Gideon doesn't believe. The angel's prophecy. We just have to believe. When we doubt God, how do we expect to ever get anywhere with him? 18. Depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee, and bring forth my present, and lay it before thee. And he said, I will tarry until thou come back. Gideon told the angel, Can you just wait here? And the angel said, Yes, I'll wait. 19. And Gideon went in and made ready a kid, that's a goat, and unleavened cakes of an ephah of meal, the flesh he put in a basket, and he put the broth in a pot and brought it out unto him under the terebinth and presented it. He cooked a meal that included broth, meat, and bread. Twenty And the angel of God said unto him, take the flesh and the unleavened cakes and lay them upon this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. He put the meat and the bread on rocks and then he poured the broth over the top, which would make it extremely wet and hard to burn because it's soaking wet. Twenty-one. Then the angel of the Lord put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the flesh and the unleavened cakes. And there went up fire out of the rock and consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes. And the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Unleavened bread symbolizes a lack of sin, which also symbolizes Jesus Christ. And here's, I think, the third time in the Bible where God consumes a sacrifice with fire when a fire was never lit by a person. God sent the fire from heaven, but it came from this angel's staff. And the angel disappeared. 22 And Gideon saw that he was the angel of the Lord, and Gideon said, when Gideon was originally talking to him, he just thought he was a prophet. He didn't know that it was an angel until the angel disappeared. And Gideon said, "Alas, O Lord God, for as much as I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face, 23, And the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. Why would Gideon think he's going to die? It's for the same reason that the Israelites thought that they would die if they touched the ark, and they were very right. It's for the same reason that nobody wanted to look at Moses' face when it was shining bright and he came down from Mount Sinai. It's for the same reason that people are always afraid of angels when they see angels, because that brightness is from holiness, and holiness will kill evil. That's what it comes down to. Holiness is so pure that it kills all evil. And we have sinned. So we are not pure. Which means that when we come in the presence of God, it will kill us. Because holiness kills evil. And there are evil things in our being. We have an evil past. We've sinned. We have evil thoughts sometimes. And he'll kill us. And that's where that fear is coming. It's a holy fear of God and his holiness. But God is telling Gideon, I'm not going to kill you. Don't worry. Even though I'm holy, I'm not going to kill you because I want you to fight for Israel. 24. Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Adonai Shalom. This means Lord of Peace. Unto this day it is yet an Ophrah of the Abiezrites. rites. 25. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's bullock, a bull calf, and the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father hath, and cut down the Asherah that is by it. God is going to have Gideon give him a sacrifice and destroy the pagan altar of his own father. 26, and build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this stronghold in the ordered place, and take the second bullock and offer a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah, and thou shalt cut down. The Asherah poles were made with wood. This is why the Maypole dance In England, you stick a wooden pole in the ground and then everybody dances around it at springtime. It's a pagan festival and that maypole is an Asherah pole, literally. And they sacrificed their children to Asherah in the spring because they wanted to be fertile. They wanted fertile land, fertile cows, and their own bodies to be fertile. So don't dance around the maypole. He wants Gideon to desecrate his father's altar to Asherah by using the wood of the Asherah pole To make the fire for the altar for the offering for god and that's how the asherah will be desecrated gideon his community will be very angry at him because they believe that they get prosperity from asherah they're not going to be happy with gideon when he does this so by him doing this is a great act of faith 27 then Gideon took 10 men of his servants and did as the Lord had spoken unto him and it came to pass because it would take 10 men to do all that because they have to set up the rocks of the altar they have to pull the pole out of the earth and chop it up and all of that stuff and they have to slaughter the cows It came to pass because he feared his father's household and the men of the city, so that he could not do it by day, that he did it by night. Gideon is afraid of retaliation, so he does all this at night time. 28. And when the men of the city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was broken down, and the Asherah was cut down that was by it, and the second bullock was offered upon the altar that was built. 29. And they said one to another, Who hath done this thing? And when they inquired and asked, They said, Gideon, the son of Joash, hath done this thing. People always know you can't hide what you do. There's always somebody watching or somebody who tattles. 30. Then the men of the city said unto Joash, Bring out thy son, that he may die, because he hath broken down the altar of Baal, and because he hath cut down the Asherah that was by it. They believe they're going to lose their prosperity if they don't honor those false gods. 31. And Joash said unto all that stood against him, Will ye contend for Baal, or will ye save him? He that will contend for him shall be put to death before morning. If he be a god, let him contend for himself, because one hath broken down his altar. Joash is telling the men, If your own god Baal can't protect himself, then how can you protect him? You guys are going to die by morning if you try to protect a god that's already been destroyed. 32. Therefore, on that day he was called Jerobel, saying, Let Baal contend against him, because he hath broken down his altar. Jerobel means, Let Baal fight for himself. 33. Now all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the east assembled themselves together, and they passed over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. The Midianites are getting together with the giants and they're passing over the valley, so they must be getting ready to fight. 34. But the Spirit of the Lord clothed to Gideon, and he blew a horn, and Abiezer was gathered together after him. This is an allusion or reference to Christ, because in the New Testament, we're commanded to put on Christ as if he is a robe or clothing. And that means to walk in his spirit, which we can only do by faith. And here is Gideon walking clothed in the spirit of God. So that is a reference to Christ. And he blew a horn and Ebezer was gathered together after him. Ebezer is a clan of the Israelites that are coming to fight with Gideon. And he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, and they also were gathered together after him. And he sent messengers unto Asher and unto Zebulun and unto Naphtali, and they came up to meet them. Now Gideon is calling the clan of Abiezer and the tribe of Manasseh, the tribe of Asher, the tribe of Zebulun, and the tribe of Naphtali to fight. 36. And Gideon said unto God, If thou wilt save Israel by my hand as thou hast spoken, 37. Behold, I will put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there be dew on the fleece only, and it be dry upon all the ground, then shall I know that thou wilt save Israel by my hand as thou hast spoken. Gideon is asking for a sign, and he's saying, In order for me to really have faith in what you've said, I want you to give me a sign. I'm going to lay a fleece down and the floor of the grain room. And if in the morning the fleece is wet with dew, but none of the floor is, then I'll know that you have spoken and that what you've said is true. So he's kind of testing God. If we aren't sure if God has spoken, we need to read the Bible, and then we'll know if he's really spoken or not. Because if what we think he said doesn't match up with Scripture, then it wasn't God. But if it does clearly Match up with scripture and we know it to be right and just, then he did speak. Sin causes a lot of confusion. So if you just freshly came out of drug use or you freshly came out of prostitution or you freshly came out of highly dysfunctional relationships or anything else that would cause you a lot of confusion, in that case, It's not a sin to throw a fleece, meaning asking God for a sign, but don't get so into that that you can be led astray. Read the Bible every day and make sure that the sign that you're given matches up with scripture. And if it doesn't, then don't believe that it was from the Lord. I used to be really codependent. At church, I would just do whatever they told me to do. But when I became born again, I realized that that wasn't God's will for me to just blindly do anything that I'm told that I should only do what he wants. So when I first became born again, I used to throw a fleece because I was still learning how to make right decisions. And so I would actually like flip a coin and say, God, tell me yes or no. Can I be a part of this ministry? Can I go to this birthday party? Can I go to this person's house? What do you want? I still didn't know myself and I still didn't know his plan for my life. So I did throw a fleece sometimes. And I just used a coin and I said, heads means yes and tells means no, Lord. And I would actually flip the coin. And if it landed heads, I had total peace. I believed and I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. And if it landed tells, I would have total peace and go, okay, Lord, I'm just going to stay home then. You told me not to go, I'll stay home. But I think if you're a mature Christian, you shouldn't need to throw a fleece. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. If you're reading the Bible every day, you should know what God's will is. But again, it's not a sin to throw a fleece if you really need to. 38, And it was so, for he rose up early on the morrow and pressed the fleece together and wrung dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. So this is a lot of dew in that fleece. A whole bowl of water came out, but there was no water on the floor, which means God gave him the sign that he asked for. 39. And Gideon said unto God, let not thine anger be kindled against me, and I will speak but this once. Let me make trial, I pray thee, but this once with a fleece. Let it now be dry upon the fleece and upon all the ground let there be dew. Now Gideon is asking for the opposite sign. This time I want the fleece to be dry and the floor to be wet, and then I'll really, really, really know it's you. So this is showing very weak faith on Gideon's part, but he's racked with fear because he knows that his community will want to kill him if this isn't really coming from the Lord. 40. And God did so that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was a dew on all the ground. The next morning, Gideon had the sign that he had asked for, the second sign. And that concludes Judges chapter 6.